you're doing Cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me Now gather round, I'm the new fool in town And my sound's laid down by the underground I drink a ball of Hennessy you got on your shelf So just let me introduce myself My name is Humpty Go ahead, Bill what are we waiting for? Go ahead, that's your cold start? open. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah! No! Okay, so ever since we went to PAX, you know how in Animal Crossing uh, New Leaf for the 3DS you can collect other people's, like, models of their houses? If you go up right. and talk to Isabelle's brother, uh, you can go in there and check out other people's houses, and you, you can actually buy uh, furniture from their houses, which is right. actually really cool. I didn't realize all these motherfuckers have little pictures of their villagers in their house. Like little framed portraits. And I have no idea how to get that. So that's why I was just Googling to see how the hell you do that. Because I would totally kill for like a little picture of Stinky or something like that on my desk. Um, see, I would. I know that some, either you or someone else, would send me a picture of Lucky and it would just mock me to my dying day. See, that, I would love to do that. So according to the Animal Crossing wiki, you have to do tasks and become best friends with that person. They will send you a picture of themselves? That's really weird. Anyway, uh, so how are you doing, Annie? I'm, I'm doing all right. Hey, everybody, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. That was a really gripping open. I'm Annie. I'm just saying. That's a thing. I think I'm almost done with Animal Crossing because there's not a hell of a lot left to do. I've, I've expanded my house. I've got all the expansions. Yeah. I've got, like, a full fossil collection. I'm pretty close to having a full K.K. Slider set, you know, music list. Now, um, how many hours of Animal Crossing have you played? I could look it up, but it's 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 last time I checked, it was in the 200 hours, um, which is funny because I know like the way technically the way you've beaten Animal Crossing is if you've played 500 hours and 500 days. My God, that's what it requires. You know how like when you first become mayor, <laughs> you, you you plant a tree in the pl- in your village plaza and it turns uh-huh. into kind of like a big oak tree. Supposedly yeah. that's how the tree becomes its biggest and fullest is if you meet those cr- two criteria of 500 days plus 500 hours. Dear and so Lord. I'm probably at least halfway to 500 hours. Let's huh. see. The only game I've played that much is Skyrim. There's a oh wait, like in Fallout. But there's did you play to do in Fallout? Wait, how much time did you put into Skyrim and Fallout? Uh, let's see. Like yeah. literally, because I put I I put like 99 hours into in into Fallout. I think at the end of Skyrim, when I was done with Skyrim, I think I was at about maybe I hadn't cracked 200. I cracked 175. And Fallout New Vegas, I was at about 250. Oh, okay. Animal Crossing, it's 312 hours. <laughs> I mean, like I said, most of that time has been just leaving the game open so other people can come visit my town. Because, you know, I'll just leave it open all day. And there's been actually less and less people, actually, if you want to go visit someone else's town. Um, aside from, like, Maxwell Motley and a couple other people in the UK, man, it's like everyone's dropping from Animal Crossing like flies. It's kind of a shame. It's almost I mean, like there's not that much to do in Animal Crossing. I know! Like every Animal Crossing, you've got at best like a two or three month honeymoon window, and after yeah, that, yeah. it's just kind of like you're you're kind of left to your own devices at best. So no, yeah, I mean, whatever. Right what there, isn't that true of most online games? That most any online sure game, too. it's only really playable for the first couple of months, and after that, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, I got hey for thirty five bucks for the money I spent on that cartridge, I got my money's worth to say the least. Especially I... for a game that is essentially just a remake of a game I've already played four times anyway. Uh, but yeah. 
all I really wanted from it was to hear my wife excitedly clicking and clacking with the 3DS from the other side of the bed and make excited sounds, which yeah. I got in, in, in spades. So, so I she, got my money's worth. She abandoned Animal Crossing long before you did, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, really, I got like two weeks out of her. And I'm surprised I got two weeks out of her. Yeah. When was the last time you've touched it? PAX. <laughs> really? That's it? <laughs> Wait, what did you did you actually fire up Animal Crossing at PAX? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I filled my uh, I filled my little uh, my my uh, homestead thingy, and I was like, well, I gotta start buying stuff now, so that's because uh, you can only have five items delivered today. Yeah, and I very... oh, I had to make a I had to make a special run to the island to collect bugs to sell, just so I could have enough money to justify all the shit that like I've been buying at people's houses. I finally bought a, a new a big screen TV. I've been looking for that. Yeah, it's funny because like everyone else has these big screen TVs, and I've only been able to find little tiny little little retro TVs. I finally got a big screen TV for my bedroom. Uh, this is not interesting enough. Uh, I really like the idea of whoever just logged in to listen to this. Uh, we're, again, for all of you folks who are downloading this podcast, again, I've got a lot of chores this weekend, so I'm broadcast. We're doing a Google. We'll hang out again as i'm sure you can tell from our poor audio quality we're figuring that out but uh yes one person just popped in and i can just imagine i got a dot retro tv i got a big screen tv for my bedroom as well animal crossing, man, man, man. we're talking about animal oh. dear lord animal crossing do we only have one listener right now we have five listeners right now oh my god it's like like i said again it's like we're talking to a small pack car full of people <laughs> I told someone asked me what our what our podcast listenership and I was like, oh, I have <laughs> no. It's really like yeah, it's it's tens of tens. Yeah, and I love our, our, our I've fan met base. Most of them <laughs> and they're sweet. Yeah, no, our fan people. base is about the size of the cast of Cheers. <laughs> oh, dear lord. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Bill, what'd you do this week? Uh, right now, I'm actually firing up Animal Crossing to see which five items I ordered from another person's house yesterday. <laughs> what did I do this week? Um, I watched... Did you see? Did you watch the new Legend of Korra last night? No, I have not. And the reason why, before you get into it, is that I don't know if I want to watch yeah. the second season of Korra. I have no What's interest in I'm sorry, in you broke spirit. up again. I'm sorry. I have no interest in the second season of Korra. <gasps> I got a letter from Nintendo, along with my hat. I'm sorry, I'm playing Animal Crossing and not paying attention to anything that you're saying. You hate Legend of Korra now? Bill, close the video game and focus okay. on your adult friend. I mean, just, well, what's the matter from Nintendo is important? It's, uh, you know what, they're probably telling me to go buy Wind Waker later on this week. I'm sorry, go ahead about, what, what are your feelings about the Legend of Korra? <laughs> you mean, you want, you want to pay attention while I answer the question that you asked me? Maybe. My eyes may not be looking at you, but maybe looking down <laughs> off camera while you're talking, but go ahead. Mysteriously. No, um, uh, I don't know, man. I just don't, I'm not interested in the Spirit Kingdom. I'm such a boring person, but I'd rather... Yeah, the Spirit I, Kingdom stories kind of, yeah, like even from the thing last night, it's a little, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. That, that, it's weird how much that ending of Legend of Korra kind of killed, not killed my affection for Legend of Korra, but like, I don't know, man. It did not fill me with optimism with what was to come. Yeah. And also, uh, the first two episodes last night were two episodes uh, animated by the new animation studio. Oh, so. And the- a lot of the animation of the fake, 
like really it's the faces the action stuff is still okay like i said um they take a lot of i've mentioned on the podcast before i saw some trailers from some footage from the new uh season of the legend of Korra, and it's obvious they took some cgi shortcuts of stuff where like you you'll have characters like rushing towards the camera where instead of just actually drawing those characters they'll just take a still image and like essentially with after effects zoom in and out just looks really fake and artificial uh but like the faces whoever this new studio is like even in close-ups sometimes Korra's eyes will kind of be shooting off in two different directions or one eye just be a little bit higher and lower like like it's oh lord it's a little more shop worn now and like uh no matter what you had to say about the quality of the story in the first season of legend Korra, at least the animation the artwork was always pretty consistently fantastic and now even that's kind of gotten a little bumpy and i'm like oh man legend of Korra, you're killing me a little bit here um, not that the first two episodes are bad, but, like, there's some spoiler stuff that, like, no. It's, yeah. they're, they're already reiterating some stuff they already did in the last season. Concerning, mm-hmm. like, some of the stuff they already did, just did, like, three episodes ago, it's shit happening again. It's, it's, ah, ah. So, uh, you're not gonna watch it at all? I pro- I mean, I can't not, but, yeah. I don't know, I'm not, I'm just not excited to watch it. That's so sad. But I, I love those characters, but the thing is, I love those characters, and I don't, mm, I love Asami, and uh, and I love, I love Korra, and I'm not necessarily interested in seeing her relationship with Mako grow or whatever. And... No, she's, she, she's, if anything, she's hanging out with Bolin the whole time now. Oh, that can only be good. I'm sorry. Not that they can be dating, because Bolin's got a new girlfriend now, and that's kind of funny. Okay, um, that, that may get me to watch, actually. <laughs> and you gotta see it for Korra's dad. Korra's dad's the main character now. Oh, and he's all Korra's super ripped and hunky. And dad. Like, yeah, he's the thing now. It, the, 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 the two main characters, like, there's this whole political rivalry between uh, it's Korra's dad and Korra's dad's brother. And the you know Cora's dad's all ripped and hunky and shit like okay, that. But... I, was say, I was about to say you were the worst person to ask of this, is you're incredibly heterosexual. But I was gonna ask. I'm just saying, but like hunky. he's totally like if if Annie saw this, she'd be like, hmm, how you doing? Hmm. You, you'd already be looking up Tumblr pictures for. Cora's I was gonna dad. say I'm gonna add him to my Tumblr tags. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean it's only it's it, it's nice for at least the, when the when the show came back this weekend they put up the first two new. Episodes. Did the internet just break? Just so I don't spend the next three months just kind of talking to myself about, like, well, this happened on court and I can't talk about because you oh, haven't seen it yet. Oh, you mean, <laughs> like, Breaking Bad and all doing the other that television that you watch that Breaking I don't Bad watch. as it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Breaking Bad shit went down that I can't talk about on the infinitesimal chance you ever give that show a try. You know what, but all our I can't talk about who are actually it... trying to live life unspoiled, that's the thing. I have to watch Legend of Korra sooner rather than later or I'm just going to find out everything that's going on on goddamn oh, yeah, Legend like, of Korra's yeah, Tumblr. If, if, yeah, yeah. Well, especially now, like, you see, they're, they're, they're putting more hunky, sexy people into the show. Oh, you got to see the first, what seems to be the first actual white person on the show ever showed up in, the, uh, in, the, in, in these first two episodes. You see her for two seconds, a sexy redhead. Because I keep on forgetting, everyone in Legend of Korra is, like, technically, like, Asian or, like, <laughs> stuff. But you know what I mean? It's a lot easier to forget what nationality people are supposed to be. Not that everyone's supposed to be very the, specific. The, of Earth, the Fire Nation. Earth or the Water Tribes, Bill. The Water Tribes. Ah, it's, it's, but, yeah, Legend of is back. It's still pretty, but it's just, like, yeah, the animation, like I said, that, like, yeah, there's a couple close-ups to faces where everyone suddenly looks like they got an extra chromosome, and you're just kind of sitting there going, oh, man. <laughs> 
Oh, so, but, oh, but the, the, the Tenzin's, uh, you know, Tenzin has kids, the airbender kids are all fucking crazy and shit yeah. like that. The older, smarter one, it seems like she's got her own little bit of a flat thread this year. It's not like oh, she's just, like, part of the family, but she's, like, on this voyage of this self-discovery or some shit like that. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. Give it a try. At least bit torn it. <laughs> Well, no, the nice thing is that, not Nintendo, Nickelodeon is, did put the first two episodes online for free, so oh, my wife and I can't that, catch yeah. up on it, and I will get the season on iTunes, I will, I mean, ultimately, I, even if Legend of Korra is disappointing to me, I have to vote with my dollars for, um, you know, Lady Brute protagonist TV show, that's just kind of... Just from an ethical standpoint, as a feminist who likes cartoons, I got to turn out for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just not excited. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the nutrients that I wanted from Legend of Korra I've been getting from, like, fan art on Tumblr. You know, it's like yeah. just – just or even, like, fan art from Studio Mir, which is the, the animation A-team that did all, all the good work last season. Like, they did that doodle of, like, um, Asami and Korra on mopeds. Yeah, Asami and Korra are far more interesting in the fandom than they are on the show. Well, even in the new episodes, it's just Korra just being kind of a complaining. She's, like – She's the only character who hasn't, like, learned or grown for, for, from any of the experiences in the previous season. She's just back to being kind of a whiny, petulant teenager, despite the fact that she's the Avatar now and all this stuff. And, like, yeah, it's like everyone's fan, fan fiction ideas of what these characters should be seem to be more nuanced and more interesting than what we're actually getting on the show. It's a Nickelodeon kid show. You're not expecting fucking Shakespeare. But, yeah, like... The teaming Asami and Korra, just aside from like everyone wants to pair them as like a romantic partnership. See, I'm not even just that, even, that even as bros. Uh, yeah, that's more interesting than what than what either the characters have been doing on the real show. It's yeah. the whole Anne Perkins and Leslie Nope thing. Yeah, fascinating to see and... lady bros on TV. That would be a great model to see on a kids show. Yeah. That's all and, I want. Yeah, we're not talking about like any kind of like weird like sex subtext or anything like that, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I give it a try. We're talking way too much about Legend of Korra, something you haven't even watched yet. <laughs> I was gonna say, we're talking a lot about a TV show I haven't even watched Jesus yet. Christ, what else? <laughs> what Breaking else? Bad, yeah, Breaking everyone's dead. They killed everyone in the episode. There's only three episodes left. It's all about the dog eating the flesh off their bones in the, in the Albuquerque desert. What? You want to watch that? It's good. What? What? It's a good, good podcast. I love I love being on this show. Wait, no, seriously, is it about a, an animal eating the flesh of a character? For three episodes, and the next episode is Ryan Johnson's oh. last Breaking Bad episode, so it's going to be really at least stylishly directed dog eating the flesh off of everyone's bones in the Albuquerque desert. Bill, I do enjoy your earth humor. Is is Breaking Bad does Breaking Bad continue to is it is it continuing to be satisfying to you, Bill? Yeah. Or do you have issues on which you would like to poop on Breaking Bad? The last couple episodes were a little clunky because they were it's uh, they were obviously just episodes where they're just moving characters around just so they can do very specific things in the last couple episodes. So the episodes weren't bad, but it was a little bit like filler. Not you wouldn't even say filler, but it was just yeah pieces moving rather than actual. Oh my god, I can't believe this happened. But uh, yeah, no, this latest episode that just aired last Sunday was like oh shit, this is when shit like really you can really start feeling things moving towards the finale where yeah. you're kind of like realizing okay, characters must be dying like. I wouldn't be surprised if you're gonna lose two major characters in the new episode that airs tonight. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's good stuff. Anyway, yeah, Bring Bad can still. It's only three episodes toward, towards the end, and it continues to impress, uh, despite oh, everyone flipping out about it. 
I did watch a TV show this week. Now I remember. Oh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I watched um, a couple episodes of Comedy Bang Bang on Netflix. Um, it's a podcast shit? beloved of uh, my bros, Brennan Chase. So I, I gave the TV show a shot. It's funny as hell. Is it Mark Maron? Uh, no, it's it's um uh it's Reggie Watts and Scott Ackerman uh, do a fake um talk show sort of thing. Man, you are breaking up again like a transformer again like crazy. Well, you've been yeah. doing it too, my friend. Are we breaking sorry, up together? I got full internet connections, bro. I don't know what's going No, but yeah, no, I heard because I know this has been an audio podcast, and I've seen like uh, the comedy bang showing up on Netflix, so it's pretty good. It's great. So the premise is, is that Scott Ackerman is the host of this talk show. Reggie Watts is his band leader. And each week they have a special guest that is an actual celebrity, usually some sort of person associated with comedy. And then a comedian comes on as a character as the other special guest. So, and it's just, oh, it's just a fucking goofatron. It's uh, all, I mean, it's just real goofy, good time. I gave me some chuckles. My sides were split. So I got what I needed from it. How many episodes did you watch? Uh, like four or five. It's pretty great. We watched one with um, um, uh, Amy Poehler, which is what got me thinking about it. Uh, um, uh, John Hamm. Uh... John Hamm's a funny guy. I'm surprised. For playing such a straight-laced weirdo in Mad Men, John Hamm seems to be like, yeah, I like that guy. Well, he's also friends with a lot of comedians, so it makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, like yeah. part of that community. Uh, let's see, I watched one with, oh, um, uh, fuck. What's his name? Cutie Bear. Adam Scott. Woof. Adam Scott. And, uh, Adam Scott is Michael the guy Sarah. from... Man, but shouldn't Parks and Recreation be coming back soon? It's that time. I keep it's forgetting fall. that. It's I forgot Bob's Burgers comes back next week. Like, is, is this the is last that season time of Bob's Burgers? TV. Fucking World Series in a couple weeks. Not that I care about baseball, but I forget, like, it's that time of year. It's almost, it's getting to the end of September, man. Like, here in Portland, Portland, it just, uh, it seems like we had our last summer day yesterday. Yeah. Because, um, like, yeah, yeah, I saw the uh, the weather here in Portland. It's supposed to be highs in the 60s by Tuesday and nothing but rain. And even this morning. all yeah, morning? You might, you know, like, if it actually, you might actually hear people on the podcast actually hear a little bit of rumbling uh, outside of our windows. Um, well, so, yeah, Comedy Bang Bang is pretty good. I don't know, Bill. I'd rather talk about the weather. Let's keep talking I'm about the weather. I'm just saying! I'm a big fan of fall, and it's actually happening right no, I now. Am too. I'm really looking forward to like layers. I'm really excited because I got a new coat. I got a new coat. I, my, my go-to coat had been a wool pea coat, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I got, like, a... An olive gray like uh, uh, work coat. It's like with a quilted thing inside. It's like a lighter coat to keep off the rain and keep me warm. Oh, yeah, I'm actually really chuffed to wear it. See, I I stay warm by never leaving the house. That's my <laughs> problem solved. I, I just drink another can of Coke and develop another th- uh, thick layer of fat. <laughs> that means in lieu of a coke. It's cheaper than it's cheaper than a coke. I like to imagine like just drinking coke like cut with lard or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Slurpee, but the grossest Slurpee possible. Uh, use a bacon straw to slurp it down. That. <laughs> God. Um, oh, one last core thing. Everyone's uh, winter wear because everyone's running around the South Pole is very nice. Everyone's got like coats and like ruffles and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. Uh, what else? I should look at the show notes. So I was worried about the thunder this morning because I heard it and I was like, oh no, the goats and alpaca. My, uh, my wife and I are house sitting for a friend of ours who has this farm, not that far outside of Portland because it's Oregon, and uh, she has. Three alpacas, Stan Irwin. Ah, oh, fuck, I forgot the third name. Stan You're the worst Irwin. alpaca friend ever. 
Oh, Curtis. Curtis, Curtis Stan, and Irwin. And then two goats named Levon and not Velveeta, something like Velveeta. So, last night you were kind of like living in Animal Crossing with all your animal villager friends, huh? I was. Uh, I saw a bunny in her yeah. uh, outside her window. We heard some foxes barking. Oh, so it was, a li- like, it was like an actual wild rabbit, not just like... Oh, yeah. No, like an actual honest goodness in nature. How like... did it taste? Delicious. Did you guys have tears. guns? I marinated it in tears. It's so good. You, you guys didn't have guns? No guns. Just How bare hands. the farm while everyone else is gone? <laughs> you ever actually, seen a Western poor, before? Poor Foley actually had a lot of trouble sleeping because of all the foreign sounds and everything like that. She wasn't used to it, and the house was creaking, and I slept with the windows open, and there's rain and everything. And, and she she was like, she didn't sleep very well. And uh, uh, the next morning I was talking to her about it, she was like, I didn't have a bat or anything, so if I needed to protect us, what would I have done? Like, valid. It's a valid point. All those animals are edible. I mean, you just get a fucking hot pot of water and make soup out of them. It's not that, like... Oh, you can, it's not like you're going to get attacked by alpacas. Well, I'm just saying, we're out in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. I've seen movies, Bill. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you're more likely to get attacked by another human being in the city than you're likely to be attacked by, like, a bat <laughs> in the middle of, like, slightly rural Oregon. Do you, do you think we were concerned about a bat? I was concerned yeah! about another human being, Bill. It's bat- season it's almost october it's time for dracula yeah on uh, friday while i was at work uh we had God a meeting damn. and while i was in the meeting my office got robbed so maybe i'm feeling keenly was aware of the violations one uh, i can see that upon another right now did you get robbed by a co-worker what did they do brag afterwards you would not believe <laughs> how much money i stole off of them assholes while they were in that meeting i'm so glad you guys is not paying attention to your shit Oh, I'm so, was so sorry, y'all got robbed. Unrelated, have you seen my new bling? <laughs> what office gets robbed during office hours? That's not like being held up by gunpoint. That's really well, weird. That's the thing. It had to be someone who knew that we well, were Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least maybe it was an inside job where someone who is a co-worker tipped everyone off. Everyone was at the meeting. Like, literally, was, everyone was at the meeting. You don't think someone could have been texting while you're in the meeting? Larry, break in now. <laughs> Except for Annie, she didn't leave her wallet behind, so you're going to have to, like... Yeah, fortunately, get, I'm a Xbox money. and I have a giant fucking wallet that I keep in my butt at all times. So, <laughs> problem solved. Okay, I'm glad to see yeah, I'm glad to see you protected all that uncharted money. Oh, yeah, girl. Um, you better yeah. believe it. Yeah, so we have to talk about... That's, that's one thing we can't talk about, is our inadvisable $100 purchases this week. So you, my, you're, you're up first, because you're... It's funny because technically your your stuff is even less practical than mine, but is yours oh, is probably cooler. Oh. Your stuff is cooler though. Explain oh, what you this week. No, my purchase was a limited time offer, and had I not struck then, I would never have that option again. You are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. I did buy something that they could barely give away. <laughs> um, so yeah. You, um, yeah. Uh, Naughty Dog teamed up with a fine art gallery and did really nice prints of a lot of art related to The Last of Us. And one of the prints they did um, was of one of my favorite pieces of concept art, um, which is uh, uh, a picture of Ellie and Joel sitting by a fire. 
um, uh, laughing. And I just love even before they released that art before they released much of the game. Yeah, if and you've that, seen yeah if you've seen concept art of an, of uh, Last of Us, you've almost guaranteed seen this drawing because it's a very cute drawing of those yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah, that picture it just summed up everything that I wanted from that game and that I wanted yeah. from games. Period. And I had it as my desktop wallpaper for about a year actually, um, until we moved from Hedge House. And um, it, I loved that piece. And so when Naughty Dog just announced, hey, we're doing these limited edition prints, they're only 25 of each. Yeah, 25, like, yeah. Yeah, and like they're signed by the artist and all numbered and all this stuff. And I, I made a joke on Twitter. I was like, hey, Christmas is coming up, you guys. My wife immediately sent me a message. And she was like, said, Fuck buy, nah. it. buy it now. So that trigger, yeah. So this means officially I already have two Last of Us art prints in my house. Um, Wait, I oh, that's right. Didn't you buy the fan art ones that are the yeah. big color? Yeah. Yeah, I got um, I had these beautiful, uh, here in fact, Last of Us prints. Um, you should be community manager for Naughty Dog at this point. Jesus Christ. I have those. Um, I have, uh, I went at PAX, at, um, uh, the, um, uh, poster for the American Dreams comic signed by Neil Druckmann and Bruce Bruce Daly, mm-hmm. and um, you know, yeah, I got. Oh, here we go. I found a picture of it. Let's see if I can figure. Just to really um, make things terrible for uh, anybody who's uh, listening to this podcast. Oh, whoa. Anyway, so I got uh, this indoor poster, and he did another one that survive. Just beautiful. I, I love the imagery of. Wasn't there a third the one? It's of like the overpasses and stuff. And yeah, he did one Outlast, but that's yeah. uh, not a thing that Ellie actually says in the game, so I'm not as interested in it. It has to be a direct quote from Ellie in the game for you well, to buy no, the poster. Well, no, I really genuinely just liked those two images. Uh, the survive I also like the survive one. It looks like they're in a beer bottle or like some kind of like like whiskey flask. It it does. Oh, which frankly, I would totally make some Last of Us whiskey. So. So you're gonna get that a tattoo? The survive? No. No, you got. You were talking about this morning. You want to get a tattoo of of the words "hunks, brutes" in what honey bears on your no, over your heart. I have I have tags on on my Tumblr, um, toughestfrail.tumblr.com. Pretty sweet <laughs> quality stuff. Posted twice, posted twice a day. Uh, I I use tags for my stuff, and I have a brutes tag, a hunks tag, and a dames tag, and it's a very particular hierarchy in my brain of what applies to each. And I post, I queued something on my Tumblr where I could use all three tags. And it made me so excited. And I'm like, really? That's all I want in this world is an overlap of Brutes, Hunks, and Dames. And, uh, and like that, that Venn diagram, that's why I enjoy Cora so much, is that she lives in the middle of Venn diagram. See, I was joking that I want that Venn diagram over my heart. But I think I actually just want to get a t-shirt of it. Really, any tattoo I've ever wanted, I really That's a bit less permanent, t-shirt. yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, just a Venn diagram. Uh, uh, brutes, hunks, dames, and in the middle, my little beaten heart. Yeah. I think that's Annie's Triforce of Sex right there. Um, <laughs> Triforce of Bonus. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll draw that. No, um, please, please don't. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool. So, where are you going to get that art print? Is it showing up soon? <clears throat> um, there, it was a pre-order thing. It's shipping and, and on the 15th or something like that. But that looks fucking gorgeous. And what, that was like 130 bucks? Yeah, it was 130 bucks. It was a limited edition thing signed by the artist. Well, only Bill. 25 copies. I'm just saying for an extra 20 bucks for $150, you could have done what I did, which is buy the Harry Potter Wizards Collection Blu-ray slash DVD box set, which is a... Tw- <sighs> I've mentioned this on the podcast before, because this is something that came out with last summer that is also a limited edition, mm-hmm. only limited to about 1.5 million copies. <laughs> 
which obviously have not sold that well because this thing has been slowly been going on more and more. Originally, it retails for five hundred bucks, which is ridiculous because it's only eight movies. I mean, granted, you get every Blu-ray and digital version ever released. You get theatrical versions. You get uh, like extended editions and all kinds of crazy shit. I think there's like something like 32 discs in the set, but still 500 bucks for eight movies. Well, that works out to what, like 80 dollars per movie or something like that. But the big draw in this box set is like it's upstairs. I'm not going to open it until I'm done with some work. It's going to be a little reward to myself. But yeah, Amazon had it on sale for 150 bucks, which is a little bit cheaper than the original asking price of 500 bucks. And it comes in this big cardboard fake Hogwarts like cardboard like chest with all kinds of like uh the little drawers that slide out and hidden compartments and there's like maps of hogwarts and all kinds of booklets and stickers and uh crazy it's got i guess it's got um what's the locket that's the first horcrux it's it's got a what it's actually got that locket inside like a little what's the what's the company that sends the catalogs out where you can buy like all the harry potter the ones collection? yeah it's, it's it one of those locket Oh, no, yeah. it's Ravenclaw's tiara. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it... Isn't, like, Salazar Slytherin's locket? Yes. Yeah. That's, that was the first Horcrux that Snape makes. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's, it's yeah. That's not too bad, though, getting a five... Yeah. It's got fucking <laughs> Gryffindor's dick hole. <laughs> I was about to make a joke about a cock sleeve. There you go. <laughs> Gryffindor's cock sleeve. He just loves fucking basilisks. <laughs> Terrible. It's just like this little. It's just this rubber basilisk with his mouth stop, open. They just stop. take the. I regret taking us down this path. Pull back. <laughs> on the back it says, "What's the name of the hat that screams when you put it on and tells you where you're gonna go?" <laughs> the sorting hat. You mean the hat that sorts you? That when they put it away, that they have to put a, uh, a sign on that says, "Please don't fuck me." <laughs> I can't defend myself. You know what's sad, Bill? No matter what sexually loaded joke you can make about Harry Potter, someone has actually messed me into fanfiction. There's already a fanfiction, there's already a comic, there's already like a t-shirt you could buy with, of the sorting hat that says, please don't fuck me, I'm defenseless. I'm sure there is a sorting hat, fleshlight, officially licensed thing. What if? What if the sorting hat's it's hole in the bottom? You know, like it's Stop. a hat. Stop right now. Stop. What if that's its sexual purpose and that's how it gets off? No, 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 no. Hey, let's talk about literally anything else. Congratulations, Bill. You spent a lot of money on a Harry Potter box. Good job. Oh, my God. Hey, Bill. Hey, Eddie, Bill, how know? many of those movies do you already own, Bill? Um, I don't know. Something. Maybe I found them in a dumpster. I can't say. Um, it does have... I don't know. It's Harry Potter. There's the funny thing is those movies are very good. I just yeah. love the production design of yeah those movies. And that's the this is one of the things that I guess this box was actually designed by the guys who did the production design for the movie. So like all the little bits and pieces that are like like booklets and stuff are designed very well. It just has an object that's very cool. And this is yeah. pretty much the most luxurious. DVD, Blu-ray, movie box that you'll probably ever see, especially as all media is moving towards, like, really kind of digital stuff. That's true. It is kind of a last-ass sort of thing. So, not that, like, DVDs and Blu-rays and box sets are going away anytime soon in the next couple years, but within a decade, I mean, that's shit like this is going to be, just like with video games, like special, like, big box special edition video games. I mean, in a decade, how many more of those are you going to see? We're probably going to be talking about, like, oh, remember when Uncharted 3 came in a big cardboard box with with a Nathan Drake stack? At you. We'll be talking about that the same way people now talk about PC games used to come with big cloth maps yeah. and the anti-PC 
uh, or anti-piracy, like, little dial things yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. It's going to be like, oh, man, remember back in the day? When Amazon had to deliver games remember to this? you. Yeah, remember, remember this? <laughs> this should be the other title of this podcast. Boy, <laughs> remember this? What else? This remember this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was our inadvisable purchases this week. Um, Dear Lord. Uh, I was gonna say something else. And if you, I'm just saying, if you murder someone, I can save you by putting a piece of your soul inside of a fake noble collection locket <laughs> that that costs that. about that costs about three dollars and fifty cents to manufacture. Yeah. Um. Um. I will say this: I have definitely, definitely spent more than 150 dollars in Harry Potter garbage in my life, so I really can't point any fingers. Like what? Like what kind of stuff? Aside from like movie tickets and books. I mean, I I built I bought a Ron Weasley pillowcase. Remember that? <laughs> I mean, my camera. I, I forgot about that. My wife uh, doesn't let me have it anymore. <laughs> no more Ron Weasley pillowcase. I can't remember. Was it a picture of Ron Weasley? Like, what was? It was Ron in his uh, Yule Ball ensemble, <laughs> and it said on black, and it said "I heart Ron." That's what it said. I can't believe you still have it. I had oh action figures, God. dude. I had. Oh, uh... you had the action figures? Jesus Christ. See, I never, like, I bought the books and I've bought some of the movies, but that's like. I think I bought one action figure and it's so. Oh, I had to buy uh, Harry Potter and Quidditch. Quidditch you know what? I'm oh, st- I bought the stupid. Uh, this, you know how they have those airplanes with you the some rotor really and they spin around the ceiling? Oh, I had yeah. those of, of Harry Potter and his Quidditch broom. I think I bought a snitch uh, at some point. I know I bought a Mad Eye Moody eyeball. This is a good backdoor pilot to our Harry Potter merchandise podcast that we're going to start up. Well, now that they're coming out with new movies, we could justify, like, Why did you Bill? get the new... Spoilers for Geek Week We'll save that for the Geek Week interview. Yeah. Um, Bill, did man, you play Raymond Legends? Tell me about a video game you I played. played a bit more of that. I, I can't remember if I talked about this last week or not. I got all the to the Day of the Dead stages where you're slicing through, uh, making paths through big things of cake with the touchscreen. is very cute. Yeah. I just played more of that game. That game just continues to be very cute and very amazing, very fun. If you ever want to borrow the Wii U to play it, not that you need to. It's I was just, say, I'll just get it on my console. Yeah, it's just still fun and charming. It seems like the touchscreen stuff, I mean, there is no touchscreen stuff on the other consoles just because, you know, that, that's specific to the Wii U, but it's still just a really fun, charming game. It's nice to have a game that you can pick and play for like 10 minutes and just have yeah. fun and charming put down. And it's just, you know, side scrolling platformer. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, oh, it's, it's. Platformer. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> it was, yeah, uh, like I played that, like, just, I've been so busy with work. I played a little bit of that, and like I said, Animal Crossing, and that's it. And I'm kind of gearing up for the fact that, like, GTA V comes out this week, which I had totally forgotten about, which I wasn't even quite sure I was going to get. But then again, I'm like, man, it's fucking Grand Theft Auto. I want to go out and, like, run around a big world and blow up stuff. See, having just finished Saints Row Four, that itch yeah. is so scratched in my heart. That's... I think I, I think I would be more likely to maybe pass on this GTA if it wasn't taking place in the same world that's my favorite GTA took place in San Andreas. Yeah. And this is more of a return. Whereas uh, GTA 4 took place in a very scale model of New York City. Right. There wasn't anywhere you could really kind of go and explore. You could drive all around town and stuff like this. This goes back to the idea of, like, there's a couple different communities and there's big patches of wild stuff. There's a big mountain you can drive cars off of. And, the, right. yeah, there's forests you can do, go running through. And, and that was actually one of my favorite things about 
the the GTA series was just the scale of that world. I'm just kind of curious to see what that's like on like on a current gen console. Absolutely. But no, I mean, I, 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 it's disingenuous to say that Saints Row Four gave me everything that Grand Theft Auto Five can because the goals of the two games are yes. so dramatically different. Oh, this is such a bad you idea. You said something you about this? you said something about it's a great idea to what what why Bill? It's disingenuous for me to say that the that Saints Row Four gave to me everything Grand Theft Auto Five can because the goals of the two games are so dramatically different. And also the perspective. Yes, they are. The thing about Saints Row 4, I mean, the reason why I almost don't want to pay uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 is that Saints Row 4 had such a sense, a consistent sense of joy and ridiculousness from floor to ceiling. Whereas Grand Theft Auto 5 mm-hmm. has this weird, all Rockstar games have the problem with this. They have the very self-serious veneer or over like this foundation that's just... Uh, shitty, rapey bro jokes, joking yeah. about weed and, you know, just Specifically, the bitches. GTA games tend to be very dour. Yeah. Like, at least the Saints Row 4, at least the Saints Row games, like, at least Saints Row 3 and 4, have kind of a joyous, I don't give a fuck, let's yeah. hang out, let's just, like, have fun kind of personality. And GTA kind of, like, they kind of market that as being kind of the same thing, as we're so, we're so ever, uh, irreverent and crazy but like they do kind of like take some of the stupidest parts of their stories and characters too seriously and it's just a little bit too like yeah like it's it's it's, a game that asks you to take the the conflicts of the characters very seriously and then puts you in a situation where you have to get in a car and you listen to a radio program that's fart jokes yeah and yeah, you're driving past, you know, pizza places that are sex jokes, and like yeah. it's all just like. That's, and I've gotten to the point now. Where I don't have a palate, or excuse me, I I enjoy Grand Theft Auto games. I'm gonna play it at some point, but my yeah, it just. Well, you can borrow my copy, so I'll, I'll buy it, and like once I'm done with you, because it's a video game and it's not next gen, and used games are still cool. I'll let you borrow when I'm done with it. All right. Um. So if you just want to see like if there's anything interesting in there that you like, but you sort of still are just playing three guys, which it's almost like like it's weird because you're just playing as another. It's Italian guy, you're playing as another black guy, you're playing as another crazy yokel, which are all character archetypes, stereotypes I've had in GTA games before. I'm kind of curious to see if they make any attempt at all to make those three characters interesting at all. Um, People have been complaining that there's no playable women in the game. I think it's more interesting that there's no playable Latinos in the game, considering it takes place in GTA, uh, Grand Theft Auto's equivalent of Southern California. That's true. Um, You think it's just another minority? I don't know. It's just... This is, I feel like this is going to be kind of my make or break game when it comes with when it comes to GTA. Where if this game really is just the same old GTA shit, yeah. just reheated and served over again, I mean I'll I'll have a good time at, like ex, like I said exploring the wilds of San Andreas. But yeah, if it's if the story shit is the same exact same story shit over and over again, I'm just gonna be like I think the next GTA I'll be like I don't know man. This, Here's this the thing rough. though, Bill, we're sitting here being cool guys talking about. Themes and character and narrative and really, who expects anything from Grand Theft Auto for that? That's not what you come what? To Grand Theft Auto for. What? Which kind of kills me because the, the the Hauser brothers they're in such a position of power that they can make they can do anything they want with the Grand Theft Auto series. They can yeah. evolve it and they have the resources, they have the money, they have the uh, political and monetary heft to do anything they want. If they wanted to turn this shit into a Saints Row for crazy shit superhero game, they could. They, they, they could if they wanted to, and, and just to think that it's just really just 
again, just just Grand Theft Auto Three just on steroids is kind of like, especially from the writing and, and sense of humor perspective, it's just gonna be that same shit again. It's just like, oh man. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Like the game will come out this week. I'm sure I'll have more stuff to say about it next week. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's this Grand Theft Auto is uh, kind of disappointing, especially like. They don't have any incentive to change anything because Grand Theft Auto 4, which was an okay game, uh, got perfect tens from so many goddamn gaming yeah. uh, journal sites and then sold a bazillion copies. And so there's absolutely no incentive for the Hauser Brothers to try to switch up the Well, if anything, that's a, it not only is it like a disincentive, that's a huge, I mean, it's... it's Stay the fucking course, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're obviously doing something right. Why, why fix something that's gonna, not broken? Why kill the the golden goose, my friend? Yeah, yeah. and that was I, although I remember when GTA uh, Four first came out. Even then, people were like, "This is a pretty cool game," but like, this is not a fucking perfect ten. Far from yeah. from it. Like, if you really look at it objectively, and it was really was a lot of uh, gaming magazines and gaming websites. Really, like, I think even some of those people have come out in, in the years since GTA Four came out and said they they kind of got swept up in the hype. And so right. I'm kind of it'll be interesting to see. If a if this game is any more interesting than GTA 4 for, from a character story point writing perspective, and b if gaming websites are a little bit less quick to just knee jerk like perfect ten game of the generation, there will be never be another game like this until the next GTA game comes up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see. Um. It's 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 funny that it's a big thing just because it really is just a GTA game regardless of its actual individual qualities as a game. But I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Did I talk about Hate Plus last week? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, I know you. You, you guys, you guys should go play Hate Plus. You beat it already a couple times over. I only beat it once. I need to replay it. I haven't had a chance to. What ending did you get? The good one. Oh, there is a good one. Oh, yeah. uh, well, depends. No, I got the classic romantic ending because I pressed the floor button. But uh, the uh, no. it's uh, um. Yeah, this week has been nuts. Between work and I had a freelance project come up. I'm working on a video project for Periscope Studios, local cartoon studio. Oh, really? What are you doing? Um, I'm doing their Kickstarter video. For Periscope? Yeah. That's Wait, what I need to actually finish this podcast and uh, work on. <laughs> what are they kickstarting? Um, so are you familiar with the Benign Kingdom project? Vaguely. It's it's very similar to Benign Kingdom. Benign Kingdom is a great idea. They've done about four rounds of it where they go to four internet artists and um, publish essentially like a comics issue size art book of their of each artist's work. But to um, one thing that I think is very clever is that if you jo- do their Kickstarter, at the lower levels you can get a copy of the book, but you don't get to choose which one. And yeah. so you're, there's an incentive for you to pledge to a point where you'll get all four if you're just if you're just interested in one artist, and then you know everyone gets support and it's not like a rat race or anything like that. But also at higher levels they do um, like a collected hardcover and prints and all these great things. And then it's ultimately just like a, to fund the project. So afterwards you can buy the individual issues. And they've done a lot of great artists. Well, Kickstarter is doing, or excuse me, Periscope is doing something similar. Periscope has over 25 cartoonists and, and illustrators uh, affiliated with it, and they're going to be doing mm-hmm. little collections of. Um, they're going to be picking like six people at a time and doing art books for them. And I had done the Kickstarter v- uh, video with uh, Dylan McConus for her Kickstarter, and uh, so they asked me to um, do their Kickstarter. It's a lot of fun. I'd like to do more little goofy little freelance video projects, so it's a good thing. I'm enjoying cool. it. Yeah, I'm glad that's working out. The best thing uh, is especially that, Periscope uh, Studio. Yeah. 
the best thing is that uh, I needed music. Music is the most obnoxious part of doing uh, any sort of video project because mm-hmm. it's so difficult to navigate um, royalty-free or even licensable music sites. They're all nightmares, all of them. And I always wind up falling back on the same one or two resources. So I mentioned this from the start just as a difficulty because I always forget about it. And then I waste hours and hours combing through stuff and getting frustrated. And since I mentioned it at the start, my wife goes, well, Ben Dewey plays guitar. One of the artists down at Kickstarter is a sweetheart named Ben Dewey. He at does the tragedy yeah. series yeah. on Tumblr. Just really top-notch cartoonist, but also an excellent guitarist. And um, he and Rich Ellis, who's also a fabulous guitarist, just jammed for me for like five minutes. And that's going to be the audio for the video. It's really going to be cute. It's really I was going to say, like, technically, I mean, if you got the sheet music to any, like, non-copyrighted music, like anything that's fallen out of copyright, uh, a lot of that stuff is... What you're paying the royalties for is not the actual recording, or not the actual music, but for the recording of it. So you could, oh, sure. you could do like Pachelbel's Canon as long as it's just you humming it, as long as it's not someone else recording it. But which is that, a whole cool. other problem, Bill. What am I gonna do? Go to my personal orchestra that I keep in my garage? Fucking uh, no! You could like, uh, you've got like, man, on there's the Korg synthesizer on the DS. I can make you music. There we go. It'll Bill. be Thanks here. Like, offer. I got a preview of your new theme for your Kickstarter. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and that just loops for like 20 minutes. There we go. Good job. And also because there's no like audio out from the 3DS, it means I have to like just hold it up to the mic and just record it off of there. It'll be awesome. They'll sound like de- Don. They'll sound like dying baby R2D2. <laughs> That's what, you know. That's really the tone I'm hoping for in all things. Yes, because uh, so, we're professionals here at the Boy Howdy Podcast. But yeah, between that and then house sitting for my friend's farm and her goats and 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 working on personal projects, it's just like I'm just I got no time to consume media. I'm such a poor podcast host. Did and you yet, happen to find a lost item at the farm and then take it to each animal and ask them if it's the, it belongs to them? I enjoy your animal crossing. Yeah, that should have been actually a very cute video you could have done in your downtime at the farm. <laughs> but it just yeah. like, you should have got a big leaf, taken a bite out of it, and walked up to pe- the walked up to different goats and say, hey, "Hello, Carol. Did you drop this? Do you want it?" Or, like give them a shirt. Or I was gonna say the punchline would be when the alpaca just full on eats the leaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that is that everything we've done this week? That's oh, I watched. I watched the newsroom this week. I, I finally finished the first season of, the, of, of Aaron Sorkin's uh, uh, hit that will change the world, the newsroom. <laughs> Have you seen any of the newsroom? Have I just yelled at you about it? You've yelled at me about it on the internet. Is, I'm just not in the mood for <laughs> Aaron Sorkin's The newsroom is terrible. <laughs> really. It's, the newsroom's not terrible. It's only half terrible. The actual stuff about the newsroom, I finished the first season of them. That makes me an expert about the newsroom now. It's just all this romance bullshit. It's terrible. When the characters are doing their jobs, it's weird because, like, Aaron Sorkin, he's written these, like, romantic comedies set in an office kind of setting before. And, like, in the past, like, the romance angle has always been integrated so much better into the stories. Like, in the West Wing, CJ, she had romantic foibles with Danny can canon but like when they talked like so at least it was as much about work rather than who's gonna fuck who at the end of the night and in the west wing or no in the newsroom like half of every episode is everyone just getting upset at each other because like mixed messages and everyone's too stupid to tell each other how they feel and it's just like why am i watching this has nothing to do with even the fake news like what and the women are stupid Man, I, I've I've heard people slam Aaron Sorkin before for having for having really wibbly female characters, 
but man, the newsroom is like, there's there's the main female uh, Mac who has big wet puppy dog eyes, so everything she says looks like a plea for not to shoot her. And then you got her little acolyte uh, played by uh, uh, who who's the redheaded from Scott Pilgrim who played Kim Pine. She got oh, tiny Allison little Pill. eyes. Allison Pill. She got eyes from too far away, and they both just fuck up. And, like, their characters are so much about romance stuff rather than their job. And they kind of, like, I guess Aaron Sorkin tends to make his, his female characters kind of fumbly because maybe, maybe he doesn't want to make them kind of too perfect or too competent. Maybe this is the way his way of humanizing them is by making them terrible at their jobs. In a way that none of the male characters are, and it's just like really fucking weird. I will say though, my favorite character on on the newsroom is is played by Olivia Munn, who I only ever heard of because she was a hot model lady who was a host on G4, which I've never watched, but I've always heard people complain about. And I've heard people specifically complain about this Olivia Munn lady about how she was a fake gamer and she's too hot to know anything really about video games and stuff. But um, she's a character on the show, and she's not one of the main characters. She's just kind of like this one-off character off to the side who just kind of like tends to run around the fringe. But her character's actually kind of a super badass, and she's one of the only characters who doesn't really swallow other people's shit very easily. Uh, she's definitely like the most interesting female character. Uh, I don't know. The newsroom is... I don't know. If you ever wanted to see a show where it's, it's about Dumb and Dumber being grumpy at everyone, and then the women all being stupid, this is the show for you. You Aaron's sold me working. on it, Bill. I'm done. You gotta get up on that shit. Oh, and also Zuko from the live-action Avatar Last Airbender movie, he shows up and he's crazy about Bigfoot or something. Is that your only way to identify him? Zuko? Yeah, he, why? He was in that, what was that movie that made a bajillion dollars? That, Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, he was in Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, what happens if I don't see Slumdog Millionaire, so I don't, uh, don't, don't... Did you now, see, did you see the Avatar movie? Yeah! Did you know that the voice movie. of Asami plays What's-Her-Butt, the moon lady? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Well, the, like, well, the, the, the Legend of Korra Blu-rays they came out a couple months ago, like, they have a commentary and she shows up on there and they talk about how they met her and they really do talk, like, they don't want, they don't want to talk about the Legend of Korra live, or the Avatar movie, but they're like, yeah, we met this girl at a party. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we liked her We liked her food so much, we invited her to be on The Legend of Korra. It's funny how much even on the actual official commentaries, those guys do just do not want to, like, like yeah. they, they use euphemisms to even discuss the movie. It's very funny, but uh, yeah, yeah, fuck the newsroom. I will, the funny thing is, like, the second season is wrapping tonight. I'll probably go find a way to watch it just to see how the show evolves, see if it gets any better. But, man, yeah, it's it's Aaron Sorkin's out of his fucking mind. And, like, all of his characters don't seem to understand how the Internet works. And they're all, like, really just – it's it, it increasingly feels like a show written by an old man who's just angry at anything he doesn't understand. Yeah. And it's just really weird. I, I never really thought of Aaron Sorkin being like that, like being an old man that kind of wildly out of touch. But I guess that's what he's turned into. Anyway, so. Uh, so speaking of uh, – you just made a mention that you wanted to find a way to go see it tonight. That is the one thing that I keep thinking about Legend of Korra. So – I really, this is Portland, Oregon, land of nerds, land of dorks. There has to be a bar in, in this town somewhere that I can convince to screen Legend of Korra on Fridays 
and go and watch it with people at a beer. And like even like ground control or something like that. Like yeah, yeah. there's be something in town. There's yeah. gotta be some place in this burg with a TV with cable where I can watch Legend of Korra with a beer and hoot at the screen with other drunk. And you can hush anyone else who interrupts your kid's cartoon show for half an hour. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Well, that would be the problem. It'd be the, all the cool guys, the cool guys who come in and like make trying to make it to a mystery science theater thing. When I don't want to hear them, I want to hear a song yeah, I, exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 But yeah, you may not be interested in the spirit stuff because, like I said, this whole season is about spiritual. I don't know. It's like a religious. See, war I think thing that's happening. interesting because that is the part of um, uh, Cora's life that she's out of touch with. Really, it's like she's out of balance. With yeah, that's her big aspect. weakness. Yeah. So it makes sense, and I'm not. It's not like I'm not interested in it. And it looks like the art style they developed for the spirit realm stuff is cool and all. But I want to see more about this world that they've built. This weird, like you know, New Yorky '30s world. Like that's interesting to me. Yeah. Because I'm a jerk. Well, especially if not that much stuff is going to be taking place in Republic City. That means you're also going to get less of hot lady cop. Mm, Lin Bei. Yeah, Lin Bei Fong. Like Lin Bei Fong. Uh, but there's still there's three seasons of Korra left. It's not like they're gonna abandon all these characters or anything like that. Oh, but yeah, we'll see. It's it's yeah. Anyway, my, so what else? My moment of uh, Asami and Korra going on a road trip and having goofy best girl bro adventures will come. Back. <laughs> they're, they're obligated to have that. They're obligated to have a jazz episode where Korra gets to dress all hot. And like with like a tie and dancing and doing the the man yeah Tumblr has told me that Cora looks really good in a waistcoat so we need well that even to some like I've seen some like even the fan art like like Brian Cunietzko and and Michael DiMartino have drawn of Cora like in a hot super badass tux kind of wait like, what hey, what's up how you doing oh yeah that that's like that that's a thing they've drawn for like the premiere of the season two thing like that's yeah. I'm just saying that. Google Cora suit. But yeah, no, I mean you should at least enjoy it, like I said, the new season because you've got the you've got the dame in Asami, you've got the brute in Cora, and then you got the hunk in, in Cora's dead. You know what? That's an excellent point. I cannot be critical. They are literally catering to me personally. Um and rumor is that the second season ends with a finale of someone threatens to uh, unleash a nude bomb in the world that blows everyone's clothes off. <laughs> Wait, so they did use the ideas for my fanfiction. Excellent. It's just going to be called Tumblr, the TV show from now on, yeah. Oh, God. Tumblr teens. And with that, friends, we're going to take a little break and come back for the Geek Week in Review. Is honey actually just bee blood? Some true talk. If you could menstruate anything other than blood, what would it be? 
Would it be honey? I'm not answering this question. <laughs> what if it could be beer? I guess that would be yeast infections. Okay. Oh my god. I'm so tired. Um, hey Annie. Oh, you know what? Um. Oh shit, I just had something to talk about and I forgot what it was gonna be. Well, we're not gonna get back to the episode episode stuff until a second. Um. Now I'm trying to figure out how bees produce honey. No, they just they just sacrifice they sacrifice themselves for the queen bee by grinding themselves up. Oh, I forgot to see. Did you see the scary godmother Kickstarter ended? I totally I meant to contribute to that. You did it fail for the scary godmother dolls. Yeah, yeah it ended a couple of days ago. Oh man, I was so pissed last night because I finally had I had to pay off my uh, my credit card balance that I used for packs. Right. It was like eleven hundred dollars because it was yeah. like a dollar hotel room and stuff like that. And I was gonna be, I was, like, I was gonna be so proud of myself because I was gonna pay it off on time. Turns out I misremembered what the due date for paying off my credit card is by 24 hours. No. And so I'm like, oh man, this, you know, cause like something like that, I want to build up good credit. And this yeah. is like my first real big chance. Of like I'm gonna plot down $1,100, pay off that debit uh, credit card shit. I'm an adult. And then I was like, fuck, missed it by like. Now you're gonna have to pay that credit card interest. Right? I had to call them last night, and the, and the guy he was so humored by the fact that the the name on my credit card, the business name on my credit card, is Fartworks and Fishheads, that he de- he decided to take the uh, the fees off, so I was gonna have to pay that stuff. But yeah, I like I said, it was it was worth naming my business Fartworks and Fishheads just to have these conversations with the customer service people on the phone. That's the truth. Um, also, should we also mention our social security numbers on the podcast? I, I think, was so. I think that. that's an excellent idea. You know what? That's a good rock, paper, scissors game to play, to play with people at the bar. Is there, like Everyone shouts out their social security number loud enough for other people to record and or write it down. And whoever's social security number is higher wins. <laughs> hey, let's do it now. Okay, one's, okay, Annie, what's yours? Okay, one, two, three. I'm reminding you that there's only like two people watching us, and they <laughs> hey, know us five, anyway. We have five viewers actually, and one of them is Maxwell Motley, and she says, yeah! "Honeybees transform nectar into honey by process of regurgitation and evaporation." Oh, so honey, honey is just uh, bee barf. Bee barf. Oh no, honey barf. I love that nature outgrossed you, Bill. Oh, You're like, is it me, <laughs> I've never been a big honey fan. Now I feel completely justified. Honey is interesting because honey uh, pretty much never expires. Yeah, no, haven't they found, like, honey in, like, Coptic jars in Egypt that have has still technically been good that's been, like, in a cave for, like, 2,000 years? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. honey, man. It, that's what you got to add to your post-apocalyptic stores is a whole shit ton of honey. Okay, so Bill, are you prepared? Do you need to take a break? Can we do you? Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm just looking up to see if they've shipped my copy of uh, of uh, GTA yet. Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's not yet shipped. How are they gonna get it to me by Tuesday if it's not in the mail yet? Oh my God, Amazon! <laughs> it's. Should, is, are we? Is this the start of the new thing? Uh, whenever you're ready, Bill, we can start. How much do you think I can sell an Xbox One and or PlayStation Four? Release date pre-order on Amazon.com. What's That's the going rate for that shit? Because I see other people right now are starting to get antsy about it. Like, oh my god, it's 
like I guess they've reopened some pre-orders for that stuff. Now I see people getting antsy about how like they like it's it's not guaranteed that they can get release day. But I'm like, oh man, I got release day, but I have no idea if I really want those consoles. See, that's the <laughs> I'm thing. Like, oh man, I can make make some mad bank. Foley yeah. and I are in this position where um, we're just kind of financially strapped, mostly because you know, a lot of stuff happened at once. And we're okay, but we should probably ratchet back a little bit. It's, yeah, exactly, yeah. Especially because we've got, like, a bunch of trips coming up. I got my sister getting married, and I think I, I had to buy plane tickets and all these things, which I'm excited about. I sound like oh, a terrible that's... monster. But um, the thing is, is that I spent all that money, and then I got a, I have this pre-order for this video game console that doesn't even have any games out that I will want to play probably exactly, for yeah. months. For months. I don't care about any of the launch titles for either console. Wait, when are you heading back to Texas for your sister's wedding? October. Oh, but we'll be within the next five weeks because this is going to be episode 95 of the podcast. And if you're gone, you might be actually out of town for the 100th episode. If only we had some means of remotely recording an episode. Oh, sure. I didn't think about that. Do they have the internet in Texas? I can't remember. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. Just you know what I was thinking. and uh, pigeon, uh, pigeon mail. I was thinking for our hundredth episode. I was trying to think of like what kind of celebration we do as a topic. Maybe we could talk about our our choices for game of the generation since this generation is winding down anyway and stuff. Sure. And it's uh. Here's an idea. Let's talk about that that you're really interested and excited about, and I'll figure out something that I'm really interested and excited about. And we'll you don't care about, about game of the generation. We're just gonna say Mass Effect anyway. I don't, um, I don't think of games that way. Really. Yeah. You gotta categorize so you can like hold yourself your opinion over other people's opinions and be like, this is our choice. If you don't agree that the Mass Effect trilogy is the game of the generation, then something's wrong with you. Foley and I talk about this a lot about the whole idea of having mental hierarchies, and she has mental hierarchies, and I do not really like I have my top five movies, because we did that for an episode, so I thought about that really. Well, hard. Wait, we did that? Yeah. What the hell were our top five movies? My top five movies were Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid. Um, the man who would be king. Um, Master Commanders on there. Uh, I can't remember my other two. Some some loyal boy howdy listeners like Annie. I remember. But Fine. Rush or oh, no, not, in no particular order. Rushmore Raiders, Empire Strikes Back. Wait, that's four. Um, Back to the Future, Mind Comps. So it turns so red when you, I think you laugh. <laughs> uh, have they not made a movie out of Mein Kampf? Um, anyway. Oh, this is the other thing. I found marshmallow chairs in Animal Crossing. I don't know what Mein Kampf is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that transition. That was beautiful. Ah, so you can buy stools that are made out of marshmallows. <laughs> this giant marshmallow that you're sitting on. I was like, oh my god, I gotta get that for the gaming center I'm building in my Animal Crossing town. Okay, uh, friends, all of y'all who are watching live now, before we go back to the actual podcast, has my Oh, I assume we've already been back. This is already the Geek Reader has my, Actually, I can ask you this, Bill, since you're also listening. Can you hear my chair squeak every time I move? Not too much. Just a little bit? Yeah. So I'm gonna do the whole geek. You're gonna be like this? I'm just dancing. I'm a dancing penguin. I'm a dancing penguin. Foley <laughs> <laughs> always makes fun of me for my white girl dancing, which means that when I dance, I do this. <laughs> I bite my what? lower lip. What was the last time you were actually dancing out in a public space? Friends if wedding. ever. What's that? Friends wedding. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, I don't think I've ever danced. But what am I going to do? I can do, like, the Humpty dance, and that's it. That's pretty much... <laughs> 
<laughs> Just because I am shaped like pre- What a quality song that song is. Oh my god, that is the Humpty Dances. <laughs> the Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. The Sex, baby. Do the And we just recorded the music for your Kickstarter video. <laughs> That's a public domain. Just the recording of it, oh. not like. Well, no, no uh, it's, gonna be legit. it's not. It's not public domain. Who would be have a lawsuit? Hey, we got someone it to protect the sanctity of the Humpty Dance. We got someone here to to help us record that song. It's the ghost of Tubac. Tupac Shakur come back as Finn in the Jake suit doll. How you doing? My name is Tupac Shakur. Have you seen my movie Poetic Justice? No. Get it? Because the character's name is Justice and she writes poems. No. That's that's the Uh-oh. movie that killed Tupac. You never saw it? <laughs> that was his Joker. <laughs> what? Well, people always wonder what it's like when Annie and Bill are hanging out. This is pretty much it. I'm pretty much uncut. <laughs> can't get much more real than that. <laughs> we should probably finish the podcast. Yeah, okay, all right. So I think, I, I, you know what, I'll probably just leave this in the podcast because why not? We're, this is already the Geek Week in Review. What are we talking about? Hey, There's not that much. It's been a pretty quiet no. week. Not that much happened this week. Hey, everybody, it's time for the Geek Week in Review. Yeah. Here are things that happened according to Bill's Google Doc. You can always contribute to this. It doesn't always have to be me. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that in a passive-aggressive way. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not taking that away, but I'm just saying if there's anything that, like, you, that catches your fancy during the week, like, Cat Fancy. <laughs> Bill, to be fair, the latest issue of Cat Fancy is amazing. Did you see that full-page spread? Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's, it's Cat. What's, what's Cat Fancy's score for GTA? <laughs> <laughs> Three paws out of five. <laughs> issues about the lack of playable cat characters. <laughs> I do like the fact that you can beat someone to death in the cat carrier with a cat still inside. The cat's okay <laughs> once you let it out, but also too many dogs fucking in the streets in, in GTA 5. Um, yeah, Cat Fancy was not impressed. So anyway, PS Vita TV. Here's the true fact. I've been so crazy busy this week. Like every day at work, I was either there for ten or eleven, eleven day, or ten or eleven hours every day. I didn't look at any fucking video game websites or any news websites. No, you missed much. It was yeah. So well, Sony had their big reveal of like new games coming out. Uh, actually, aside from the PS Vita news. The only real news was that there was no Last Guardian. Everyone is expecting if if they're going to announce Last Guardian for the PS4, this is going to be where they're going to do it at. Of course, no Last Guardian. So, I mean, uh, it's really, I mean, we've been saying this for a while, but it's really really just easier just to assume Ed has been canceled. And so if they ever do announce it, it'll be a nice surprise. But, yeah, no one should ever expect that actually ever coming out, which is a bummer. So... Anyway, but yeah, PS Vita TVs, it's it's kind of like their Steam box, I guess, a little bit. It sounds interesting. As a person who has a Vita, it sounds interesting um, to have something that's like... Um... Uh, like like an Apple TV, but with my video yeah. device. Because, I mean, my I, it's kind of weird because it's weirdly specific to me and my household, I feel mm-hmm. like. Because I enjoy mobile games, but it's hard for me. Video games are something that my wife and I play together. And any time that a video game is something that I can't share with my wife, 
then I always question that time spent or like it's it's somehow less valuable or it's less important to me because it's not something that I can have the shared experience with my wife. So like as much as I enjoyed playing like um, Assassin's Creed Liberation, the mm-hmm. sheer fact that I couldn't share it with Foley was a huge thing and it's part of the reason why I haven't finished it. And and we would talk about how she was like, man, if only we could push this to the TV, then we could kind of play it together. Yeah. And now that we can, I'm I'm really actually excited about all these little indie game experiences too that are out for the Vita. Like I wanted, I've always wanted to play um, Thomas Was Alone, and it's out for Vita. But again, it's one of those things that I wanted to share with Foley, and so I'm really excited about it. And yeah, uh, uh, for people who don't know, yeah, the uh, PS Vita TV is an Apple TV style, one hundred dollar. I can't even speak. It's an Apple TV style. Uh, little mini console box that you attach to your TV that lets you stream uh, Vita games to your TV and will supposedly also let you play PlayStation Network games with a PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 controller. Um, And people have also pointed out because uh, Sony did buy the Gaikai cloud-based streaming emulation service, there is no reason why this couldn't also, like, if, if they're serious about letting you play old PlayStation 3 games through the cloud, like, with the video... Like, what, what, what was the on-live console? This is essentially yeah. their version of that. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't do that with this console. But and they made the, a the big point of, of talking about the half the thing of the Vita was that you were going to be, on select games, able to stream PS4 games on yeah, your exactly, Vita yeah. remotely. So, um, theoretically, this is... this. I mean, it's a very, it's a very Sony move in that it's... They're trying to do the Apple thing where it's like, well, you have How to have How funny our... you should say Sony Move, talking about another interesting idea from Sony that they did nothing with eventually, but anyway. But the thing is, it's like an Apple device in that Apple devices work better and are more valuable if you own more of them and yeah. you can network them. And they're trying to spin on that, but... Again, it's like the message isn't super clear on what it is, and yeah. it's not something that people really want. Because, like, with, um, for example, with the Apple TV, I already had my iTunes television shows I wanted to watch. I wanted to be able to stream Netflix. Those were needs that I had that that I already had this need, and it filled that void. But I'm pretty sure I am literally the only human being who said out loud, I sure wish I could play this mobile device on my television. Because that's just, that's not, that's a backwards thinking for that. Have they said if, if older Vita hardware will also work with this? Because I know along with the, the Vita TV, they announced a new uh, new uh, revision to the uh, to the Vita hardware, too. Didn't they announce it as a cheaper screen? Like a... I think that was, yeah, it's a different kind of screen. It's 15% lighter. And I think in Japan, at least, it's a price cut. Well, this is very, also, this is also very specific to Japan. They did not even actually announce the PS Vita for America, but it's... It, they're crazy not to put it out there. It's crazy and... because the best thing about the Vita, I mean, the thing that when you held it in your hands and you looked at it, that screen was fucking gorgeous. It is yeah. a beautiful screen. So if, yeah. I wonder if that really is like a less quality screen at that point. Then. I think that's what I was hearing. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't read anything about it. Well, and people also point out that there's a lot of Vita games that use touchscreen stuff, which would obviously not work with the yeah, uh, with 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 uh, the Vita TV. Although if you're controlling it with a PlayStation 4 yeah. controller, it does have a touchscreen built into the front of that yeah. thing, and exactly. also has its own. I don't know. I it'll be interesting to see what. And people can. This means people could actually start developing software that's meant to be streamed from Vita to a TV if they wanted to. Exactly. Um. I don't know. It'll, I I kind of predict this being. What's that? That's the one disadvantage, because technically the PS3 and the um, PSP had some limited streaming abilities, but there were literally like four games that worked for it. And my yeah. understanding is it's going to be 
that same thing over again where it's only, and it makes sense why you have to develop it entirely differently to work on this mobile device. And hopefully having this infrastructure that it's not just playing it remotely on your, on your handheld device, it's also streaming it remotely to another television means it'll be more of an incentive to developers to, to pursue that route. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, it's like this really neat feature that may or may not be compatible with the things you want it to be compatible with. So it's a lot less compelling. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. And uh, the uh, the announcement of this will also seem to be kind of a uh, makeup gift to Japan because in the same conference they also announced that the uh, Sony is not or uh, uh, Japan is not getting the PlayStation until like next February, I think. Yeah, what the heck? What man? sucks for them? That is got to be the first time I've heard of a Japanese console being released not only uh, after it's released in America, which is not the first time. I think like this GameCube. Uh, actually came out like like three days bef- in in America before it came out in Japan. But this is weird for a Sony console, for a PlayStation console to come out like three or four months before it comes out in Japan. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I can't see why because you know Sony's always pretty much guaranteed dominance over uh, the Japanese market again next generation. But still, that's just kind of like. Yeah, that would be funny. We'll be playing PlayStation 4 for months before. Well, that is assuming we both keep our pre-orders. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I it's, haven't it's... quite... I can't bring myself to cancel it. Well, that's yeah. the funny thing. Like, even me, like, I, it's, it's weird knowing that if I don't lift a finger, even if I get hit by a truck and killed tomorrow, there's nothing stopping uh, an Xbox and a PlayStation 4 from arriving on my doorstep launch day for both of those. So it's a little bit tempting. Like, like it's... Just for the, just for the novelty of of having two See, brand new consoles thing. delivered to your doorstep, and and like you don't necessarily need to buy two like brand new sixty dollars for that game. There's gonna be like enough stupid shit like already preloaded on the console or like yeah. indie games you can download. It's not like you're gonna be nothing to play. And also they're gonna be Blu-ray players. I can finally put my PlayStation Three in the closet. I don't have to hold that out every time I watch. But yeah, it's still like ah, we still got a couple months to think about it. Although not that much time because technically as of today, uh, the PlayStation Four comes out of two months from today. Oh wow! Hey. So, yeah, think about that. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's the PlayStation Vita, the Sony stuff that got announced this week. Uh, what else? What else? Pirates of the Caribbean is the first movie to jump out of 2015, a year that's already overstuffed with Star Wars 7, Avengers 2, Jurassic World, Assassin's Creed, Neil Blomkamp's Chappie, Batman vs Superman, Ant Man, Finding Dory, Bond 24, etc. Yeah, there's a lot of shit. Like, everyone in the world... I don't know why all the movie studios suddenly decide 2015 needs to be the year every movie needs to come out. But, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean... Uh, I guess it's called Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which is supposed to be about a ghost pirate ship this time, as opposed to, a, like, a tentacle ghost pirate ship, like in the... I don't know. It's supposed to be. They, they, this is the first time they've come out with a Pirates of the Caribbean movie and said... Yeah, you know what? This script needs a little bit more work. We're gonna delay this a little bit, which they should have done with like the last three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But I still love. I still think the first Pirates of the Caribbean movies are great. It's essentially this generation's Raiders of the Lost Ark, in terms of like introducing a really cool main character and like. Yeah. I don't know, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's just big movies. Meh. Burr, burr. You come to the Boy Howdy Podcast for this kind of quality criticism. <laughs> you come to boyhowdypodcast.com for Bill to poop on things that he's excited about. <laughs> did you wait? Did you even see the other Pirates of the Caribbean movies other than the first one? The I saw the sequel and it was so unwatchable and so personally disappointing because I had like an all I had all uh, a friend and I had this like thing like we had bounced back and forth about our ideas of bootstrap bill and we had this rich yeah. canon and then actual bootstrap bill was so disappointing that I was like boop boop 
Yeah. Um, I think the only reason I've got Pirates of the Caribbean on the mind a little bit is because the third movie showed up on my on, on the cable TV in my hotel room at PAX, and I watched a big chunk of it, and I was like, man, this movie really is just really turgid. Like, it's just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, how, how is this, like, a big budget movie where, like, there's so much stuff about everyone betraying each other every five minutes, and you have no idea what the hell's going on, and just like, man, anyway, so... Yeah, that's movie stuff. What else? Movies, what else? Uh, Ubisoft's World War One game will run on the Rayman 2D engine, the UbiWorks yeah, engine, or is... UbiArt. And I think it's actually developed yeah. by the same team that did uh, uh, Rayman Legends. Are you serious? Valiant Hearts The Great War is what it's called. It looks fucking gorgeous i mean all the the ubr engine just creates beautiful things and it is designed to destroy me personally because it is a, a 2d based uh like romance sort of like family story in world war one about five different people who are bound together only by the the experience of the war and a dog and i'm going to cry it's going to be is terrible the dog playable no. Okay. The dog is like some sort of guiding character through through all five narratives. But yeah, it's gonna... Uh, it looks so beautiful, and I don't... Uh. They haven't announced when it's coming out yet, right? Just some sometime next, next year? I don't know. I genuinely just saw... Like, literally, I was on Twitter one day <clears throat> during my work day, and I was like, Valiant Hearts is trending. What the hell is that? I thought it was like a, 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 a sequel to... The what Kingdom was it? Hearts, Valiant right? Legends or whatever. Oh, yeah. like the, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Some other that's video like a JRPG game, title, yeah. Some other video game things were trending. I was like, what's Valiant Hearts? And I clicked on it, and literally I just saw a Twitter thing that said, a one 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 love story, and I'm like... What? What? I like. I almost started crying just reading that headline. I'm like, World War One video game love story. I'm like, I gotta click on this. It's gonna break my heart. And I click on it. It's like it's a side scroller. And I'm like, eh, okay. Oh. Well, this is something I meant to uh, mention on the podcast last week, but uh, just last week, Ubisoft announced that they were going to do more stuff with that Raymond Ubi. What is? What you call it? Ubi Arts engine. It's Ubi Art. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. All the hard stuff is done. You know, yeah, it's they, an engine. Yeah, exactly. Another. Yeah, and it's 2D, so it's not really resource intensive they could port this to almost any platform in the world they want right. to and they announced that they were working on a couple new original games plus like some licensed stuff which makes sense because Ubisoft does a ton of licensed games and but yeah this is cool that this is the first project they announced that's using that engine that's not a Raymond game and that's fuck man is it a platformer is that it, what the game actually is? I mean it's exactly like Raymond Legends it's like some puzzle based stuff and what's interesting is it ba it's based on um, actual letters written during World War One. yeah so, so I mean, it's, it's Interesting Instead concept. of using your finger with the Wii, uh, with the with the Wii gamepad to slice through cake to create a tunnel for your heater walkthrough, it's just you're just like slicing through a mound of bodies in the trenches of World War One or something. Really? You're cutting through the red tape to get your honey back home from the trenches there you with go. the touchscreen controls. It's uh, yeah, no, it's one. Like, who the hell does game about World War One? No one wants to do um, that. I'm except really for the French. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting, like, and I don't want to say brave, because brave sounds loaded, but it's a, a non-conventional route to take. But, I mean, honestly, yeah. it makes sense. The trenches would be perfect for a 2D side-scroller, so it's... I I'm wonder if they're kind of emboldened by the success of Assassin's Creed, saying, oh, people can be interested in historical-based games. 
Like, even well, though Assassin's Creed is kind of hysterically weird and stupid and nonsensical, like... I'm going to throw out know. there that a World War is a pretty safe bet. And people have been trying to figure out how to make a World War One video game for a while now. It's just hard with the technology being yeah. different. People will play World War Two games. We had, like, rapid-fire guns that wouldn't jam. And uh, combat that wasn't still based on Napoleonic tactics. So this wonder, makes sense. I wonder if this is... The first, one of the first instances you kind of see of a triple A game designer, publisher, or whatever, trying to like put out what their idea of like an indie game would be. Like, I mean, they're using their kind of own resources, but like just the, the the theme, thematic subject matter and stuff. This game always seems like something you would see, yeah, published on like some kind of indie platform or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Will be. Oh well, hopefully it actually come out. It's not something they just announce and then just kind of murder quietly behind the scenes for some kind of random reason. But yeah, that'll be very cool. I to just hope it's good. Um, at least you're pretty much guaranteed to play it on PlayStation 4. Well, I keep on thinking because it, it's an it's not an indie game. Because I was going to say, oh, at least you know it's coming to PlayStation 4 because it's an indie game. But no, it's fucking Ubisoft. Yeah. It'll come out on everything. It'll come um, out on my my 18-year-old iPod Touch. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be the fucking board game version of it comes it comes out next summer. It'll come um, out on that broken um, Blackberry I found on the street yesterday. So, so what else? What else? The most important news of the week, ladies and gentlemen, J.K. Rowling has said that she personally will pen a new Harry Potter movie. A series of movies, no less. Yeah, so the the what happened was uh, Warner Brothers, because now that the Harry Potter cash cow is gone, they are hurting. Yeah. I wonder what happened there. They were really just realizing the merchandise is just not selling that well. It's kind of like, oh shit, we need to figure out something. Oh, they're like, literally, here. what other Harry Potter related things can we make in books? And so they're like, oh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which was a little, tiny little book that's um, based on a textbook in the Harry Potter world, yeah. natural book by Newt Scamander. And uh, they went to her and they're like, well, let us adapt that. And it's, I mean, it's like a textbook. So yeah. she, she said, well, okay, and then she started thinking about it, and that's when she actually really likes that character. In fact, uh, Luna Lovegood marries Newt Scamander's great-great-grandson. Aww. And um, so she's like, well, and she thought about it, and she came up with a story, and so um, she is writing it. It's gonna, And what I'm really excited about is it starts in 1930s New York. Oh, so is, that, it's like, is it's, that what they said the movie starts off? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I know these, it's supposed to be like World War II era generally, which is right. interesting because if you wanted to do story crossovers, I mean, this is right around the time of um, Dumbledore fighting, what's his name, the evil Hitler analog. Grindelwald. Yeah, Grindelwald, which, you know, gets mentioned in the movies and the books and stuff, but yeah. Well, yeah, she said that it's going to take 70 years, uh, take place 70 years before the events of the Harry Potter books, that it will not be a direct prequel. It will just take place in the same universe and explore yeah, exactly. yeah, some yeah. themes and characters and stuff. So, I'm pretty pumped! You know, that's probably going to be statistically boring and laborious and terrible, but beautiful. I just want to well, see wizarding 1930s New York. That's going to be worth the price of admission right and, Well, especially it's that it's Rowling actually writing the screenplays directly, and it'll be interesting yeah. to see Harry Potter movies where it's not like you don't know exactly what's going to happen because you're not. It's not based off of a book that like you've read, like a narrative you've read. So at yeah. least you can enjoy. It. Hopefully, these will work better at just as films rather than like really clunky adaptations of books that were really never designed to be films. Like, and she's writing them directly, and so hopefully, what I'm, I'm kind of curious to see as part. Uh, she, I mean, she must have had Warner Brothers over a barrel with this. I oh, wonder yeah. if she has like any choice over who the director might be. I would, oh, I would dude, imagine. She, I guarantee you, she has an enormous amount of control. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine she wouldn't sign on to this project if she doesn't, if she isn't already even talking like. 
if she doesn't already have a director she's talked to and said, okay, this is my guy. I mean, I mean, I, it's probably too pie in the sky, uh, pie in the sky to hope that it would be. Well, let's, who, who did you want to originally direct the Harry Potter movie? Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Terrible. Terrible. I want. You know who I'd want to make do a Harry Potter movie? In all yeah. honesty, Sam Mendes. What? Why Sam Mendes? I'm not saying it's bad. It's just very specific. Bond was really good. Um, Road to Perdition is one of my favorite movies in the world. Yeah, I could see that. Oh yeah, and the, the 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 period stuff too. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, and he's is he English? That's a good I question. Think, I, I think he is. I don't English. think so. If only there was some sort of interconnected network. Nothing that I, could ask. I mean, the 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 the, the best uh, Harry Potter movie was directed by a Spaniard, so I, he is English. Yeah, How about so that? There you go. Born and in... he's gay. So there you go. That's all you need for a good Harry Potter movie. I think he's gay. I could have sworn he's gay. Maybe I'm thinking of the main character from American Beauty. Um, but yeah, no, like yeah, uh, this, and I, it's interesting to see. It's gonna be. It's supposed to be a whole new series. Hopefully, they don't try to make eight more movies out of this. Maybe hopefully, at the most, it's gonna be three movies. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they did not announce this for being a 2015 movie too. <laughs> um, that could lead right into our other conversation. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. Um, they're going to have to build more. They're going to have to expand the theme park in Florida to accommodate the Newt Scarmander roller coaster. Uh, who's, uh, who do you, you want to play Newt Scarmander? Um, what, do you, what is the personality of Newt Scarmander supposed see, to be? I don't know anything. I can't really remember. I, I, I read Fabulous Beasts and where to find them, but my favorite part about those little textbooks were all... Um, the idea was that there were actual books in circulation. Yeah, so they had like... So little written notes and doodles. Marginalia and, and stuff, parts. yeah. yeah. Um, I wish they had done more of that, actually, because I could have done... I would have just like dug it so much more. But yeah, I can't uh, remember anything. When I first Here heard I this, fail I, you as a Harry Potter nerd, though. I'm so sorry. <laughs> when they first announced this, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, uh, new Harry Potter movies. Hopefully, like, the main uh, character will be a lady, especially, like, for a series written by a lady. And I was like, oh, it's going to be Newt Scarmander. It's going to be a guy again. That's kind of disappointing. Uh, but then, did you hear about supposedly what happened to Newt Scarmander? This is a big fan theory that's been going on for years. Uh, was that Newt Scarmander's mom raised hippogriffs. And that supposedly Newt Scarmander, this has already been, like, this is facts established in the Harry Potter books, that Newt Scarmander then died in the early 90s. These are only real, like, things as far as, like, we know about what Newt Scarmander's life is. And so, what if Newt Scarmander were actually an animagus, and his animagus form was a hippogriff who died in the early 90s, right around the time what? of Harry, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban... Like people are like, we we may have already actually seen Newt Scarmander show up in the Harry Potter movies. Oh man! And so yeah, he's the he's Buckbeak essentially. Um, I, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's really not sweet. Not very, you know, what it's really sweet. A seventy-year-old naked man with a twelve-year-old Harry Potter boy <laughs> on his back. I was gonna say, and then the nudity bomb goes off. <laughs> Okay, oh moving God. on to other Geek Week interview news. Um, people flipping out about iPads plus The Little Mermaid. Bill, yeah, so, uh, I guess in October they're going to be releasing uh, Little Mermaid in theaters uh, with an app that you're supposed to download to your iPad and give to your kids so they can play on their iPads or their iPhones or whatever. Uh, which is fucking hilarious to talk about. Give them to put download this app to your kids' iPhone or iPad. But yeah, it's it's going to be screenings of the little mermaid designed for kids to not be like everyone's saying oh it's supposed to be not paying attention to the screen you're supposed to be playing on your ipad all the time 
But I don't know. There's just a big outrage that this is going to be helping train children to uh, not respect the sanctity of the movie theater being it a It is kind of weird to expect like parents to shell out like what the forty dollars it's going to take to take their family to the theater yeah. to the movie theater and then give them an iPad to play with during the movie that they just paid forty dollars to get into. Yeah, and Disney's excuse is that like kids are already so used to like at home like playing on their iPads and stuff. And, true. Like, while while watching TVs at home, they're just bringing that experience to the theater, which a lot of people are also pointing out. Well, that's not why you go to a movie theater. You go to a movie theater to see the damn movie and not like, especially this app is very specific in that they're supposed to be, uh, like like it networks with other iPads so you can like have contests and trivia contests and sing alongs. They'll like actually like have the the, the text of the lyrics that you can sing mm. along with, like they're which is not bad, but like this is encouraging. No. Sounds like be, hell. This encouraging kids to yell and scream at each other during the movie and like. You know not, what's my favorite part of this all? Yeah. This whole thing is the thought of the um, the hardcore Little Mermaid fan who's like running the Little Mermaid fan site since 1994, <laughs> and they've been doing petitions for a theater theatrical re-release the whole time, and yeah. it's finally happening in this <laughs> terrible nightmare. Scene. It's a fucking zoo. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. Like, release hell. Oh, but yeah, a lot of people are, are are saying that this may be actually the moment where, like, aside from kids being raised to think it's okay. Well, granted, this is only once, like, a couple screenings for one movie that's only going to be out in theaters for a couple weeks. It's not. It's not like Disney's new policy of hey, everyone, bring your iPhones to all all movies. But it still is kind of like. There's one of the reasons you go to see the movie is just for the experience to see it on the big screen and stuff. And yeah. If you're not gonna enjoy that, then why yeah. even? Especially, I'm sure most of these kids like you know they probably have the Little Mermaid on Blu-ray at home. There's no real reason to go out yeah. to the theater, but it's just kind of like yeah, I don't know. No, the society and technology keeps moving on. It's kind of interesting, but yeah. It's weird. But people are also kind of being really like a little bit too snotty about this, about like. Oh, these children! They're they're being very newsroom about oh, yeah. technology, and these kids are being rotted off their mind. I don't know. And like, oh, these post millennials. <laughs> yeah, so people are kind of being stupid on both sides, but what? Well, I don't give a shit. People being stupid about things on the internet, crazy. Anyway, what else? Uh, moving on. Disney will be releasing The Wind Rises in theaters in North America this February. Uh, they also, they didn't want to say it, but they're kind of hoping Miyazaki dies right before it comes out, so the tickets really just go off. So, so, so they're like, the last Miyazaki movie. Um, but yeah, no, so that's cool. They actually committed to, I think it's specifically towards the end of February, so if you want to mm-hmm. go take your date out on, to see, uh, people dying in World War II in a cartoon, that, you got to stop <laughs> Um, which I do. Let's be honest. Who doesn't want to see animated earthquakes on February 14th? You're like, hey, honey, I bought you new lingerie. Plus, hey, baby girl, I just turned 30. Let's go see the sad Miyazaki movie. Oh yeah. That's wait. Did you ever actually see the one about the two kids? The the grave of the no, fireflies. No, I will never see Grave of the Fireflies. Are you kidding me? I cannot believe that was a double feature with Totoro. I don't care. That is the Japanese. That is so Japanese that they would think that was a good idea putting those two two movies together. I always wonder which one showed before the other one because I'm hoping I'm hoping it was Grave of the Fireflies and then Totoro as a palate cleanser. As a palate, but even then, like, how are you gonna enjoy Totoro? Just think exactly. Yeah. Like you're gonna be thinking about it while you just saw it, like. Grave of the Fireflies is exactly as bad as you've heard. That's one of those rare movies that were like, yeah, you like I can't even convince you. Like, there's no like, yeah, it's fucked up. 
um, children dying of malnutrition and stuff. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's that's what that movie's about. And yeah, that's just <laughs> crazy. Anyway, what else? Laura Prepon will only be back for one more episode of Orange is the New Black. Long enough for Bill to shake his tiny fist and hate her as she leaves. Yeah, so what's she gonna get killed? Because it's not like she's what she's got like a, what like a three year sentence or something like that. Crazy it's not like a shiver. Maybe they're gonna re-edit the ending of the last episode. She just jumps in front of the blade. No. That's oh, it. she's created a new hole in me that you can kiss. <laughs> oh, I'm a dead lesbian. That's the worst. You're the worst. Oh, okay, oh. wrap it up, wrap it up. Steam lending beta. Can I tell you what's the cutest part of this whole Steam lending program? Uh, like I said, it was a stressful week, and I didn't really look at the internet. My wife, of all people, ran up and told me about this. It yeah, it's pretty cool. Because you... we can we can share all of our games with all of our listeners and still have four <laughs> spots left over. <laughs> the, the joke Bill's making is that you can share your whole Steam library with up to ten other Steam users. Though if you fire up the game at the same time that you've let to someone, they will be booted off. Yeah, which I've seen people complaining about. Like, what the fuck do you expect? It's not supposed to be like giving your games away for free in perpetuity. No. Yeah. It's just like... If you, especially, this is perfect for me, actually. Annie, I, I, you know, I probably don't have anything you haven't already bought on Steam. Uh, well, I mean, this is also not active. The beta goes live this week, so it's not like we're going to be part of this anytime soon. But yeah, this is perfect because, like, I barely ever play Steam because my computer just, you know, I have a Mac that, you know, it's not very good for gaming. Also, plus, not much of a PC gamer. But yeah, I've bought a decent amount of games. So I'd like to be able to share with other people if they want to play. Like, Gone yeah. Home would be nice to say, hey, at least. Well, see, on the counterpoint. All I can think of is, I wonder how financially they're dealing with this. Because, for example, with a game like Gone Home that only takes, you know, there are people who do speedruns, Gone Home in two minutes. Like, realistically, Gone Home is a game that takes anywhere from an hour and a half to Yeah, Gone Home, this, this this can only mean, again, like, it'll, it would get more people playing Gone Home, but, like, it's not helping like, Holbright make any more money. Exactly. These small video game experiences, these tiny indie games... What I mean, it's not like Skyrim, yeah. you know. It's like, uh, how do you, what? How is that gonna work? But then, some of these games go for are so cheap on like end up so so cheap on Steam anyway. Though, like if you think you like the game enough, it's not like 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 Gone Home is eventually gonna be on Steam for like two dollars and fifty cents. Like it, like that's just inevitable. And so hopefully, if you like it enough, you'll throw down for it. But I, I mean, two dollars fifty cents better than nothing. But when I, I first know. heard about this, I was thinking maybe it was like some sort of uh, the PS3 for demos. They'll often do rather than releasing an actual demo for a game, they'll just have like you can play the game for an hour, and however much of the game you can play in the hour, yeah, that's your demo, and it gives you a good sense of if you like it, and um, you know that's great, and I, that's really what I thought that this would be. But it sounds like you're going to be able to play the complete game unless the other person. No, you can. It up. Like you can actually earn your own achievements, and like you can make your own game saves. So it's not like you're even butting on someone else's progress with the game. You're essentially playing the game. You're you're just doing everything you would be doing if you owned the game yourself. Uh, if you're playing someone else's copy, you can't buy DLC for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing they're they're kind of encouraging, like like. It like yeah, There's if you want to, I don't know. So it's it's not fully featured, mm. but you could still like the core game. You could play it to, to beat it from beginning to end, get all the achievements, do everything else you want to do with the game, as if you owned it. So yeah, it's just yeah, it, and supposedly uh, if the person who you're borrowing the game from pops online and starts playing that game, rather than booting you off instantaneously, supposedly they'll give you a few minutes uh, to uh, to clear up everything you're doing and save out, and so you're not completely interrupted so abruptly. And also uh, also will ask you if you want to buy the game right then. 
and you can continue playing the game with your yeah. own copy. Which I think okay. that, that I mean they're they're trying to incentivize like if you like this game enough, you want to keep on playing. Here you can buy a copy, and again with Steam, it's probably not a very expensive copy of the game too. But right, um, I mean, this I mean it's is... interesting. It's it's inevitable. This is going to be the next step of the digital landscape. That's the one thing that digital is missing from the physical. I mean, if Valve is serious about actually having Steam box out in the next six months, like they've been saying, supposedly that's going to happen. That this will impact impact us a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> keep on forgetting about the Steam box supposed to be a thing that's happening. Suppose supposedly soon we'll see, but I don't know. Well, that's the other thing with the PSV to. Streamy kind of like that could be a thing that's uh, that's a big thing that happens in the next couple of years. These micro consoles, yeah, where it's just streaming stuff to your TV, where it's not like a big hard drivey kind of thing. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. The future. What does the future hold? The I'll future. tell you this: the future holds the end of this The Boy Hattie podcast. <laughs> As always, we're, we're boyhattiepodcast.com at boyhattiepodcast on the Twitters. You can find us on iTunes and leave us. Let's be honest, a one-star review. It's fine. It's okay. Have um, we? Have you ever looked at our reviews? I have no idea if anyone's ever said anything about us or. We, yeah, I've been we, afraid we've to read, look. We've read reviews on the podcast have before. I, I haven't I looked in a while. Them. I just. We should look at no. Oh no! Anything interesting? Uh, let's see, Boyhattie Podcast. It's a good way to end the episode. <laughs> Let's see if I'm about to start crying. Um, but thank y'all for um, who have uh, who tuned in for our uh, live stream. Um, y'all are sweethearts and beautiful, beautiful, precious princesses. Oh, hey, here we go. We got a, a review as recent recent as July 17th. Uh, four stars, a generous four stars. Whoa! <clears throat> From Mailman Rick, Mailman Rick says, The Boy Hattie Podcast is a pop, pop culture podcast starring Bill Mundren, Portland area artist, and Annie E. <laughs> Description missing. They cover everything <laughs> from comic books, video games, TV movies, and of course, all sorts of pop culture. First thing is they are very video game centric since both hosts are huge video gamers, at least compared to yours truly. They have been known to have panel shows discussing Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, and more. Since both have connections to Portland, Oregon comic book convention or creative communities, many artists, writers, and others from that community show up as guests. The show tends to be between 90 minutes and two and a half hours. Longer shows have been known to drop in the feed. The show has an unrestrained exuberance and sense of glee. This is a weekly podcast. Thank you, Mailman Rick, for describing our podcast more completely than we ever have. You know, seriously, we just cut and paste that on the website and, and, and throw uh, Mailman Rick five bucks. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Lord. Anyway, that, friend, that is the yeah. end of what? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. How you us. doing? I love you. We're, we're just... Is... Is... Wait. No, I was going to say, email us with your ideas of where honey comes from. <laughs> We don't trust Maximal Motley's description. We tend to be run a little anti-science on the show sometimes. We tend to get a little bit like, what does the good book say? <laughs> By the good book, I say the making of Return of the Jedi coming out October 1st at a bookstore. He does, interview. of course, mean his uh, novelty Harry Potter box. <laughs> <laughs> you can literally, this is the only movie box set where I've seen, you can literally bludgeon someone to death with it, with a single strike. I mean, technically you could bludgeon someone to death with, like, you know, a, a DVD case of the first Harry Potter movie, but this box is like, yeah, I have to have it on the show sometimes. It's ridiculous. If, if we ever meet in the flesh again, <laughs> if to record a podcast, which no. does not seem likely now that we know we can really actually record this uh, through the internet, um, I'll have to show you. It's very silly. And speaking of, all of you 
poor sweethearts who are uh, currently listening to the audio of this, you can, of course, check out uh, our website, boyhattypodcast.com, and watch the uh, horrific live stream. Yeah, maybe in the future we'll start recording the audio in GarageBand so it doesn't sound like we're recording through, like, you know, a fart, but... Again, friends, I do apologize for that. We will actually invest some time and effort in doing it right right now. We're just life is catching up. We are still only in the first 100 episodes of the Boy Howdy podcast, a projected lifespan of at least 1,000 episodes. I was going to say, technically, this is still the tutorial mode. Baby steps. Baby steps. (laughs) All right, friends, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. Play some music. Na, na, na. You know, oh, wait. I, I've had the Wind Waker uh, Outset Island music in my head all week. You don't know this music, so you can't say it. Oh,